What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, where you can get real, honest opinions about films that are opening in your theaters soon, and every once in a while, an older film as well. So stay tuned. Enjoy what you're hearing. Don't forget to like us and follow us on social media, at VS Movie Podcast. You know how all that works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How you been? How you doing? How's how's tricks across the pond? Good. Very warm. Very warm. Searching, yeah, I think everyone's... Searching for, searching for a new Prime Minister so we're all on the edge of our seat. We're really not. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, funny, we're both suffering from the heat, uh, and yet the movie we're talking about, uh, the Earth is suffering from cold. Yeah. Uh, because the sun is dying. Uh, and we are, of course, talking about... If only, 2000- Mark, if only. If, if, you know, there was a great I'm, Twilight I'm, Zone episode about that as well. Um, yeah, and you get both ways, because, of course, it's the Twilight Zone, so you get hot and cold. But, uh, no, we're talking, of course, about the 2007 Danny Boyle classic, Sunshine, uh, written by uh, sci-fi stalwart Alex Garland, uh, who would go on to write such ridiculously incre- impressive things... Uh, as uh, Ex Machina, um, Annihilation, Devs, which is a great TV show if you haven't watched that. Um, so yeah, it's it, yeah this this is this is a, a, just a stupid uh, production crew. And then uh, I, I'll just get the cast out of the way before we even start on this thing. Cillian Murphy, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans, Cliff Curtis, Michelle Yeoh. Hiroyuki Sonata, Benedict Wong, Troy Garrity, Mark Strong. Uh, that's just stupid. And the only one I had to go look up was Troy Garrity. Uh, so that that tells you something uh, about the cast. That it's just it's just silly, Sean. It's just silly. Yeah, that's literally what. I, that's one of my first notes. Great casting capitals, and uh, apparently they gave Michelle Yeoh. They gave her the choice. They said, pick whatever character you want, including any of the blokes, and we'll change the character. We'll change the gender if you want to play that character. And she huh. chose the, the botanist. I think she's a botanist. That's kind of, yeah, she's the yeah, the the life support. She mm-hmm. she handles all the oxygen generation, which of course is plants. Uh, yeah, I'm kinda of shocked she didn't take she could I could have seen her doing some of the other roles, I think. Um yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the sun is, is dying though. So of course the earth is getting colder and colder and colder. So mankind does what man does. And that's goes, you know what we should do to the sun? We should put a bomb in it and, and that'll, that'll show it. Um, so, so, so we send a spaceship to the sun to, to put a bomb in it, uh, to hopefully restart it. But unfortunately the mission vanishes. So seven years later, we go, well, you know what we should do this time? We should take a bomb and fly it to the sun and see if it works this time. Uh, so that so that's what they do. So uh, the Icarus 
the Icarus, not even the Icarus one, really the Icarus vanishes. So the Icarus two is formed with this murderer's row of crew. We have just talked about. Um, and of course, and now that's, it's an 18 month trip to the sun to try to, 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 to send all of this fissile material in hopes of creating a star inside a star, as they say more than once. Um, yeah, they really reinforce that one, don't they? They, they really do. Um, as as uh, as plots go, as stories go, I, I do have to say that uh, I've actually seen this one before. Uh, there was a movie before this. Uh, all the way back in 1990, I'm going to name drop it for you. Uh, and it's Solar Crisis. Which I'll read you. I'll read you the synopsis, and then you can you can tell me. Uh, a huge solar flare is predicted to fry the Earth. Astronauts must fly to the sun to drop a talking bomb. It, the bomb is artificially intelligent. Oh, that's, uh, At the right time, so the flare will point somewhere else. Meanwhile, big bad corporation on Earth is trying to sabotage the mission because they think it's bogus, and they're just trying to uh, keep the panic going so they can buy the Earth up cheap. And then when there's no disaster they'll own everything but it's it's the same basic premise and then of course there's the core with hillary swank where we have to yes i like that one yeah by going in and doing what blowing up bomb nuclear bombs under the crust of the earth i mean why would you not do that that makes perfect sense but in terms of sunshine um you 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 had said you'd seen it a while back and you weren't you didn't recall really liking it yeah, because I mean, when it came out, I was, what, 15, 14, 15, right? So I'll have seen it around then. So that's like half my life now. So I probably had a completely different perspective on it then. I remember watching it thinking it was kind of boring and thinking, no, I don't really get what this is all about. But when I watched it this time, when you've grown up a bit, it's much more like films like The Martian or you know Apollo 13, the films where you, they're not so much about what goes on, more about the characters. So I really enjoyed it. It's one of those films I thought, I'm really glad I came back to watch yeah, it. I always, and I had seen it, and I remember enjoying it just because, I, I mean, I was, good Lord, 37 when this movie came out. Uh, so I saw it, at, you know, at least at that age. Uh, and it's... Uh, you know, I enjoyed it as a science fiction film. I got some of the deeper stuff, but I, you know, I wasn't watching it for that. And there's some deeper stuff in here. Let's let's not gloss over that. But uh, in, at its heart, it's still primarily a sci-fi adventure. But you're right; there's not a lot going on. It is about the characters, and that is that's actually one of my favorite things to watch films for. Now, is I like to see people in situations, and I like to see how they react mentally and emotionally. Yeah, it was it was definitely great for that. Um, also, with the cast, Mistoff. So I don't know how well known he is. Mark Strong as well. Yes, unless you were mention. waiting to bring him up until yeah, later. Yeah, he he. Yeah, the captain of 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 the Icarus. Yeah, yeah, yes. that was. Yeah, that was a strange one, wasn't it? Can I just? I don't know if you had it, so I've got a bit of trivia. So I had the I had to buy this like well new used whatever because I didn't have it. Um, so the most uninspiring DVD box tagline you've ever heard in your life. Really? Yeah. So, and I quote, their mission, dot, 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 to save the world. That, that was it. That was you know what? I, I might have the same same Blu-ray copy. So like, that's all you could come up with? Like that's, It's not inspiring at all. No, not at all. I mean, we, don't it, get, you know, we clearly don't get enough of those films. 
Why would he just I know, save right? But no, yeah. literally, to save the world. Not, oh, to stop a terrorist attack on New York, save the world. No, no, no. To save the world. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, it's accurate, if, if unimaginative. Um, but, yeah, it's so great. So the, let, let's talk about the film in general a little bit. Uh, I love the design in this film. I, I, I think the production design is great. Everything is either, every, everything is very purpose driven and utilitarian. It's like, there's no, there's nothing sexy about this shit. Uh, you know, cubicle, pu- cubicle hallway, yeah. you know, plain white, you know, we not, you know, not a lot of labels. I mean, just like, no, 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 it's just a big long hallway. Uh, and you know, the 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 bot uh, the 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 arboretum or the oxygen generation plant it's just a bunch of plants behind glass with fans yeah. to circulate the, i mean but it is it looks like they said how would you do this to some engineer and they went well i'd probably do it this way anyway that's what we're gonna go with yeah well yeah. i think i think they had a lot of uh, input from professor brian cox i don't know how well known he is in the u.s uh the physicist um he actually looks a lot like killian murphy's character killian murphy uh, met with him a lot um and Based, based his character upon that and they had a lot of input in the film about about all these ideas you know about space and time merging um yeah and we're gonna get to that action. yeah we'll get to that later um but yeah and i thought this as well when i watched it i thought for for being like 15 years old this film 2000 something like that yeah 2007 um, 15 uh, yeah uh, i thought the cgi was great i thought the opening shot was brilliant as well you know because you see what you think's the sun and then all of a sudden you realize it's not the sun. It's the reflection of the sun in the ship's big dish, at the, like the heat shield at the front. The shield, yeah. That was great. No, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, Danny Boyle does some – There's, like I said, it's just, it's just designed really well. Uh, it's, it's shot really impressively. There's not a – I mean, most of the CGI is, is shots of the sun. You know? I mean, there's not a lot of – all the space stuff is all practical, really. It's guys in spacesuits, big, clunky, super reflective. Stop you from orange, yeah, yeah. Uh, not even stop you from getting vaporized by the sun. No. Just you know, you can get close to where the sun might be, and you won't necessarily <laughs> burst into flames. But you're sweating the whole time, uh, kind of like kind of like both of us right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's it it. I I I. I, I I had to mention design because I, I love it when a science fiction movie specifically takes some time to, to give us um, a space that feels a space that doesn't take us away from the, from the, the, the BS story that you're trying to sling us yeah. in terms of science fiction. I mean, that's why alien, the original was so great because everything felt literally just like a long haul trucking rig. Yeah. It's just it felt right. beaten down. Yeah, it's not I, romantic. Doesn't look very sexy at all. No, like and like I said, that's why that's why I loved the the design of the Icarus was. I mean, it was just totally utilitarian. I mean, unlike another uh, movie that we talked about uh, with a similar layout, ironically, uh, the Event Horizon. I haven't seen that uh, yet. It's on my watch list. It's in, it's in my case right now to watch. Uh, I've not seen it. It's great. I know. But, I know. Yeah. But but a lot of that ship is it. it it's very similar in layout, but. It's very, it's not utilitarian like this is. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting, uh, it, it was an interesting comparison uh, or an interesting thing that I noticed as I was watching it, the, the two. Uh, yeah, I talked to the guys over at uh, Cult Film Companion podcast. 
about about event horizon and and i love the design in that but it is at the other end of the the usability spectrum i guess yeah uh, in terms in terms of design but i but i but it was highly effective just the same but the icarus design is great um like i said that everything feels right so you're left to just deal with these characters uh you know and you have you have a pilot you have an engineer you have a captain you have a the, the botanist you have a communications guy um and you have the the psych officer who's there to make sure that the crew doesn't go nuts uh but who as the film opens it turns out is a little unstable or yeah, I don't, not quirky. unstable. It's not like homicidal. He's quirky, isn't he? Well, that's that's psychiatrists for you, isn't it? I mean, I'm not besmirching psychiatrists, but they they tend to, at least in films and TV, always be a little bit quirky because I imagine you'd get like that if you were delving into people's psyche all the time. It can't be particularly... Well, and then, of course, you're in space with the same seven people for 18 months. Yeah. But he sits in the observation lounge just looking at the sun through these various layers of filter. And yeah. um, I put down it. He has like this, it's, he, it's an obsessive viewing that he goes and does. And it's almost religious yeah. to him, which is really weird coming out of your psychologist. You know what I mean? It's just, it, you know, and then later on there's a, there's a point where he's asking the captain, what do you see? What do you, it's like, he's looking for that, that divine revelation that the captain is about to have that he doesn't have. And Which so, because the captain pauses, I thought that, but the captain pauses and whether or not he just accepts his fate or what, I don't know, but he, he pauses and he stops as if something's beckoning him, if you will, or as if he's mesmerized or maybe he's just, you know, struck by fear, you know, when people to say people can't, you know, become immobile through sheer fear and you think, yeah, what what's he stopping? But that, I mean, that does give you a bit of, bit of interest, but I, I did like the way in the film, the way the characters act like astronauts would act. That there's no like, oh my god, what happened? It's like, no, all right, this has happened. You're more worth out of the mission than I am, so I'm going to die. And obviously, don't put it quite like that. But and I just love how how to the point they all are because astronauts and physicists now would be like that because they wouldn't be over emotional people. Wouldn't don't get sent to space. They'll they'll you know they'll do a psych evaluation and say no, you're not. You can't yep. send them up there. Well, I need, but you never know how people are going to react in any stressful situation. Um, sure. And so, yeah, that, that sequence, uh, and I know the one you're talking about that, and that, that hits home even more because um, Chris Evans character, the entire, literally that is, he's like the most consistent behaviorally throughout. I mean, from the get go, he is very, this is the mission. What do we have to do to commit? And I mean, he's not even charged. He's the, he's the pilot, I think. You know, yeah. Did you notice anything about Chris Evans in the film? Because I know I did. Uh, I noticed I was watching it and I was thinking, God, he looks slim in this. Like his neck. Because obviously this is pre- This, this is before, pre-Captain I mean, America. Yeah, I mean, he had done like Fantastic Four and maybe it was the same year he did. Was it the same year? He did Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Was that uh, around this time? Maybe? No, maybe. there was a couple years before that. Let me, uh, wrong, wrong yeah. tab. <laughs> so, wrong tab. So I was th- I was thinking that that um I thought yeah because it's before he bulks up and you can really can see it. Um, because I'd forgotten how many actors were like how many great actors were in this myself. Yeah, no, he did he did the the wow. So yeah, that was the same year Rise of Silver Surfer came out. 
So he was he was definitely in Human Torch body type. See, I'm used to uh, putting him on deck. He was four years away from Captain America. Yeah, I was never a big fan of Captain America. I thought I thought the second one was better. First one I thought was a bit bit bland, bit. Well, it's an origin story, and you know, to be fair, yeah. you're, you're not American, so I'm not. I'm not. It's, uh, you but can tell so, me a lot of things. You you are correct in that in that Captain America Civil War, the second or uh, excuse me, Winter Soldier, the second one, way better because it's the best MCU movie still. So it just is. Yeah, I don't think it'll be topped if they keep going as they are. But I don't. Nah, that's, that's a separate. Right. That's a separate discussion. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, which I am more than happy to have. But not right to say it. No. So yeah. So it, but yeah, he's 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 very. They're all young. Michelle Yeoh is young. He's. I mean, they're all. I mean, you look. I'm like, oh my god, they're. Ba- I, I I literally did. They all like the. They all wound up in the the room first, and I just look and I was like, man, they're all babies. They're just yeah. just silly young. Uh, but, but yeah, it's just, you look at it, you're like, wow, that's just a really, really good cast that, that Boyle put together for this. Um, and they, they do, they play, they play their roles well, but like I said, Chris Evans, uh, character Mace, he's the most consistent in my opinion through the film. He's very no nonsense. He doesn't, you know, you know, path of, you know, risk reward. If there's, yeah. you know, literally he's very risk reward and everyone else is like, their their level of risk they 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 weigh the reward more, uh, you know more than the risk. And he was very he's he's not risk averse clearly, uh, but he's very he was very mission oriented. Yeah. Uh, so you know what is it? You know, two last chances are better than one. It's like yeah, but one is better than zero. Yeah. And they very easily could have been zero. So, uh, I, so I, I so I I identified with with that kind of his mindset there uh, all the way through, but you're, you're right. They are, for the most part, they are very no nonsense. Now the whole oxygen debate gets a little clinical and it's, you're just like, I'd like to think maybe there'd be a little bit more waffling there. Um, when, in terms of how many people can, the, can the oxygen support, you know, that, that became really clinical and it's like, I, I don't know, man. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I, I, I thought, see, it wasn't that that's, that stuck for me. There was one small part um, when this, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but it was this, that slight tone shift when people start getting killed. And I thought, oh, please don't go down the path of being another kind of slasher in space because it's boring. We've seen it a million times. Thankfully, yeah. I don't think it did. But that, because before then, it's like really serious. Like you see a few deaths 
Right. But it shows, especially like the captain who freezes in space. Oh, not yeah. a captain. Was it? The captain burns, and then the other guy gets frozen. Yeah. Um, and it's not pretty. Like it doesn't. It doesn't do that thing in films where the person floats away and you don't see what happens. This film stares on that person. Oh, I know, right? Boyle loves to linger in this. Oh, that death, man. When the guy, I mean, he's a bit of a bit of a douche, as you Americans would say. Yeah. Um, and kind of, he's the only one who's very selfish. And he, they wrap him up in this, it's like metalized mylar, isn't it? And off he goes. And then he like, he hits the edge and he ends up out in space, floating away. He takes, he rips this mylar open and obviously freezes. Yeah. And it's, asphyxiates as well. Lovely. But then it stays on him, doesn't it? And he, he freezes. And then one of his arms hits like an antenna and just smashes like shatters but but then the the, he stays on that shot later the huge wide shot and you see him pass beyond the beyond the 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 screen and it's like it's like a bug hitting a bug zapper yeah 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 yeah, it is yeah exactly yeah oh god yeah that's yeah it shows what we are in the face of the sun doesn't it i mean which which is but again that kind of does play into the whole look at you're looking into the sun that which is killing you The, the ultimate life giver the sun is is withdrawing that but you're up close and you're seeing i mean that's gotta i mean i don't know if you can be human and not look into the face of that and not feel something you know i mean even if it is you know your own little if because if you're religious you you might go well you know god god little g made this huge big universe and i'm just this teeny tiny speck of it and if he didn't there's this big giant universe and I'm just this teeny tiny speck of it. So either way you wind up this teeny tiny speck, stardust as you know, that word gets, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Mark Strong's character, uh, uh, pinbacker, the captain. The, yeah. It's strange the name. I know. Right. Name. Pinbacker. It's like, were we out of words? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's, that, someone yeah, but stardust comes up many times. Uh, and so, yeah, but in the end we're stardust. So yeah, you couldn't help being in that situation and, and, and thinking about that. And I, and I like to think that, yeah, the captain, when, when his time came, he, he resigned himself to his fate, but then he just kind of let himself get lost in it. And I think that was what he was doing. He, you know, so that's my take on it. Uh, You know, your mileage may vary. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, the, 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 it plays, uh, it plays as, as kind of a conventional deep space movie, you know, the Martian, uh, you know, red planet, anything where you're in space. Oh, long no, oh my time. God. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, that's a guilty pleasure movie, by the way. It's that's not great. Val it's Kilmer not great at all, Tom but it has Sassner, some great parts. It? it has yeah, some great parts. Yeah. Um, but no, the, 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 you know, isolation humanity yes. for no matter how much we hate people, we need people. What was that one with Dennis Quaid? Um, oh, I had a really strange name. Oh, uh, Pan- Pandorum. Pandorum, yeah. Quite yeah, like it was a horror one. movie. It was kind of like it was. It was kind of a spiritual sequel to Event Horizon. Oh, let me okay, just. Cool. It's it's not. They're not related in any oh, way. Yeah, yeah. But if you watch Event Horizon and then go watch Pandorum again, you'll be like, hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah. So so you know, but any movie like that, you're gonna get these these. Uh, you know, interpersonal dynamics going on. The, this, the, the isolation. Do you isolate yourself? Do you, do you forgive a lot more? Tempers get frayed, um, and that happens more than once. Uh, where you know things come to a head, and I love the that people just brush it off like, oh, there's a there's a situation in the 
in the comms room, you might want to go check that out. You know, it's two guys beating each other up. Uh, but whatever, just go and take care of that. Would you? That would be lovely. Uh, so, yeah, doesn't doesn't one of the characters, one of the female characters, say something like, "There's an explosion of testosterone in the yeah." So that's Rose, Rose Byrne, explosion laughed, of testosterone. Yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah, so that's that's great. Um, Clearly, never seen women fight. Whoa. No, that's they, not pretty. Fight, that's not they pretty with either. Their brains, dude. Yeah. They oh, with they'll their have brains. you. Yeah. I remember what you did seven years ago. Right <laughs> at two a.m. I remember. Um, no, so. But yeah, so I I, I love it because this this is like the weird uh, it, it it's a it's a weird look it's 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 quasi spiritual in terms of man's place in the universe, but it's also oddly conventional in terms of it's a science fiction movie about flying to the sun. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. I think it treads the line well, though. I don't I don't think it, it's not like the car which. Just Tim yeah, Tobin, no, there's just no line. Kind it's of just cheesy and silly, but but it, I think it sells it quite well. It does, and 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 I think that's part of Boyle's overall charm is that he can take a, a a situation that might seem outlandish and give it just enough genuineness, yeah, for you to go, okay, I'll allow it. Well, 28 Days Later is a perfect example of that, which he also wrote with Alex Garland as well. Right. Yeah, and which I actually need to go back and watch because I have the two-pack. I need to watch 28 months, but or 28 weeks. Weeks, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but I haven't, I haven't ever watched that one, so I, I just want to do it as a double feature and just call it, you know, spend, spend four hours and be done or whatever it comes to. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's that, that's one of the things I, I, I want to do here at some point because uh, it's been a while since I saw 28 Days Later anyway. And so oh, I really want to watch that again. It's great. It yeah, it's, I, I recall it being really good. Um, so, it, um, but yeah, so we get to the end. And of course, there's, you get to the, the third act when they find the, the Icarus and they, they have to go over. And that's really the second act. You know, and, and things go, things go awry. And then by the time you get to the third act, they're, they're, they're off on their own. They're going to die. The question is, will they get to attempt their mission? Yeah. And then of course, we get, you know, it's been 15 years, people. So Mark Strong, the captain of the Icarus One, is now on their ship, and he's lost his ever-loving mind. Um, and so Along he's with most of his really skin. be the last man left, you know, before man returns to Stardust, and no one ever knows we were here. Uh, so he's killing people. So yeah, so so we're trying to to, to launch the thing, and of course, the, the discussion early on is, oh, we can't simulate the actual outcome. You know, this is how the mission's going to be, and the computer does all the simulation. Right. And then at a certain point, it's like eh, now we're, oh, you know, between the mass of the sun and the acceleration of the bomb, time and space, yada yada yada. yada. There's too so many, va- yeah, yeah. They say there's too many variables. There's too many variables. We can't predict it. So yeah. So, but then you get to the end, and you see all of that, and so it just becomes this really weird. And and, and honestly, that that is like the weakest part of the film for me, is where at the end it's like, well. He had, you know, he was having nightmares early on uh, about, you know, him and Rose Byrne both were having nightmares about falling into the payload, they called it, which is the bomb, which is just this huge big cargo thing of fissile material. That is what it looked like. I've just remembered every time we saw that room with the cubes and and where the payload was, I kept thinking, what does this remind me of? And I've literally just clicked in my head after watching it two days ago. It's It's Professor X's thing. M- M- oh, M- M- 
So it's what he kind said to him. Of. It feels very similar to that. I will kind of allow that. It's Don't also uh, Emmett it. the Lego's head, his imagination, uh, where he has no yes. imagination. So it's very much like that. Um, but but yeah, no, so they're having that dream. And then at the end, of course, they wind up falling because of the way the things are moving. They're in the payload and they're falling and sliding. And then, of course, there's all this weird science fiction-y light show is it time space dilation? Is it the sun melting everything? And so, so, you know, Garland's scripts lend themselves to some ambiguity. And I use that term generously. Uh, some of his scripts are just wackadoodle. If you haven't seen men yet, by the way, uh, but, and, you know, and Boyle of course loves to leave, you know, he loves, he, I think he likes his viewers to have options for what's going on. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of a thing. The ending is the weakest part for it's still good. I've allowed, I'll, I allow it because the rest of the movie is so good. And in watching these characters, um, E slash devolve, you know, mentally and emotionally in a lot of ways as we get toward the end. So it's, this is a, this is an interesting watch. It's, it's, it doesn't feel dated really. Um, for being from 2007, um, which is, it's hard for science fiction to not feel dated after 15 years. Um, this one manages, it doesn't, doesn't really feel dated. Uh, you're right. I think we wish it was cooling off on the planet right now, or it was cooler on the planet right now. Maybe if the sun would turn down a couple degrees, we'd be okay. But, um, it, yeah, it's that, and that's the other sign of a good science fiction too. Is if you can go back 15 years later and not be watching it just for nostalgia. You know, um, I mean that's that's what's awesome about 2001. If you forget the year is supposed to be 2001, you just watch it, and you're just like, I am totally okay with this movie because so it was Stanley done Kubrick so well. one. Yeah, Kubrick. Oh, I can't stand it. Master, I can't stand it. I can't. No, honestly, I watched it. I watched it once years ago, and I'll, I'll never ever watch it again. What a you waste have of to time. be of a certain mindset. You might have been too young, it, um, possibly. But the, the space bit, the whole Hal bit, was great. But then, then there's the big baby above the Earth, and the, that big—it's like halfway through the film, they all dropped LSD and decided to keep making it. It's like, what? What's going on here? What am I? What am I yeah, missing? I no, I I I I, ex- I acknowledge your complaints <laughs> and, and accept them as valid. Because uh, it might be true. I, I actually, I don't know. They could have all dropped acid halfway through the movie. Um, but but when you watch the science fiction parts of it, it it still holds up as a science fiction film. So that's that's the sign of a of a of a of a good science fiction film is that you can go back and it's not just oh I remember watching this as a kid and you watch it now it's like ah it's so hokey. It's like no no that's not the case in this. It's not hokey science fiction. You know, no, no science fiction really is smart science fiction. But I mean, The Martian is probably the closest they got, um, but because it was done piece by piece, little by little. Yes, overall, it's patently ridiculous. But all of the individual pieces seem seem to check out in your head. You know what I mean? They don't. None of them make you go, nah, not really. Mm, the whole Iron Man in space bit that was a bit. That, like, they, but that by the, that's that's like that's that's like Spielberg blowing up the shark at the end of jaws when they told him no one was yeah, going to be. he yeah, said if yeah. everyone's been here if they've bought it till now they'll let me have this so yeah. you get to the end of the martian and you just let them have iron man in space and you move on 
but you know, all the, the little stuff all, all checks out so that, you know, that's probably the closest thing uh, that we've gotten overall to smart science fiction. Um, this again, this, the, 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 the FX work in this, it feels minimal, but I guess there are actually a lot of exterior shots. So there's a lot of, of FX shots in this. Um, but again, I think the design is so good that it would have been hard to mess it up. I mean, obviously you can mess it up. You know, Hollywood does it all the time on any visual effect. You watch any visual effects movie. It's very easy to mess it up. Um, but it feels like this was designed in such a way as like, look, once you get this, we're good. So, and, and they nailed those and then they moved on. You know, there's not a lot of zero G. So you're not worrying about, you know, is the person on wires or are they on green screen? It's like, no, there's a couple spots in space where they're out in the zero G. But other than that, you know, we accept that there's gravity apparently in the ship for no, that's never addressed, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and I love, I love science fiction that does that too. It's like, look, at this point, if we can fly a bomb to the sun, we figured out how to have artificial gravity, you know? And it's not yeah, the yeah. it's not the spinny thing from from Red Planet or not Red Planet uh, Mission to Mars, which is another one by the way, uh, with Tim Robbins and Gary Sinise, who who's great. And it, there's good parts of that too. Uh, overall, I Red Planet is more fun, but Mission to Mars is supposed to be more serious. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's 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 cool that that uh, Alex Garland and Danny Boyle I, collaborated enough to to think about that. I think in terms of design and how to actually execute it. Not they, they said, this is what I want. And then the poor effects guy's like, dude, I got nothing. You know, there's like, they, it, they kind of put some thought into it. Yeah. I can't remember the, this, the known, uh, boiling gallon for spending years on pre-production to don't rush things. Um, and I know that I can't remember the name of the, the effects house that did the CGI effects, but I know they were based in London and it was like the, the biggest amount of special effects ever done in like a London uh, CGI house at the time, because obviously the majority is done in America and different parts around the world. So yeah. it was quite a landmark in that respect. Yeah. And, and it, like I said, it was well done. I, and I think, I think that's a, that's a side effect of design. The, um, there's the, uh, the cute, um, I don't, I don't know if it's a boilism or if it's a garlandism, um, but the, the little flashes uh, of, of frame as they're going from the Icarus two to the Icarus one where you see crew photos flashing up yeah. and that's been addressed online for forever. And of course it's, it's shots of the Icarus one um, in happier times or still shot, you know, before the downfall, if you will. Um, and, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, to mirror what's happening to the Icarus two. Now it's, it's cutesy. It's, it, it doesn't feel necessary uh, on the rewatch. I, I was watching, I was like, you know, it just doesn't feel needed um, because by then you, you kind of know what's going to, you know, you, you understand they're on a similar path. So it just, that just feels like an arty touch that wasn't, it doesn't really add anything. Um, yeah. I know what you film. mean. Yeah. I like, I only really noticed one as the, as the first end of the, the, um, it's the first enter the Icarus, and it was like, oh, what was that? And obviously you wind it back and press pause and see it's a face. Now when you see the picture of the Icarus crew, the original, like stuck yeah. up on the wall, which is eerily similar to the Icarus 2's photo, yep. you kind of think, oh, okay. So I think it, they were trying to have that like symmetry, but like you said, I don't think it was needed. I think it was like, well, we, we get that. You don't need to. 
But, but no, all he needed to do was nice show the yeah. picture. You know, wipe wipe the dust off the picture, and the points made. Yeah, I um, love that point about the dust, though. He was like, it's eight, eight I know, right? Humans. Probably eighty percent skin. I was like, nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you, little Mary Sunshine. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that was the douchebag who said that. <laughs> yeah, like, well, aren't you? Aren't you just a little ray of sunshine? Um, now. Again, how did you feel about the ending? Do you feel that that was was he trying to make a point about time space? Was I don't think was so. It just... I, don't, I don't. I don't think it was doing it interstellar. I don't think it was. It was trying to pause any ideas. I think it was just like you said. I think it, it leaves it open to your own interpretation of of, of what was happening, whether the sun was burning to the ship or whether you know time and space were kind of merging. But f- for me. It, I find it, even though obviously they'll they'll die, I find it quite an uplifting ending. It was uh, it was what I could. I've always remembered the ending of the film. I can remember the you know the line about if you were to ever look up one day and it was a particularly bright day, you know we've made it. Like that, I've always remembered the ending, like the snow, um, snow in Sydney. Yeah, Sydney happy. (laughs) Um, So that was I've always remembered the ending. So I quite I like the ending. I don't know how else they would have finished it really aside from the guy killing them all right no i yeah that 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 closing shot is is great but it's just that little bit in the middle it's just like i don't know he just got a little arty for me again Uh, that was the only bit that bothered me like i said before was was the the tone shift where it goes from being this really unique film unique for then we've had space films since so it doesn't feel as original as it well well, there's always been space films but you know there's a lot of similar films like martian that's come out since But at the time, it felt quite unique. And then you're watching it, and all of a sudden, like, Pinbacker, terrible name, appears, and, like, he stabs Michelle Yeoh in the back. And you, they find her in the garden with a plant in her arms. And I was like, oh, please, no, tell me you're not going to go down this route. Uh, you know, like, the hills of eyes type thing. It felt like right. they were going to go that way. Because how has the guy survived that long on the ship? What's he... Oh, well, I mean, I know... The, but the state of his skin, like, has he not got any effect? I know, right? It's, it's like he spent a lot of time in looking at... And that's... Yeah, I that was weird because it's like was he burning himself up, you know, sitting because the uh, you know, Dickerus two psych officer was his skin was starting to get that way because he was spending so much time yeah. at as high an exposure level as he could that the ship would allow him to have. So, uh, it ah, see, I had a, I had weird. a different idea. I this doesn't make sense at all. But go for it. I was trying to figure out because they never tell you whether the captain, whether Pinbacker tricked them into going into that room, whether he said the observation room, oh, there's something going on with the sun, you have to see it. Then he whacked it up to 100% and fried him. Not to be, you know, thinking about it. But then he, he, then I was thinking, is he that burnt because he was, I don't know, caught by that while doing that i don't know because it it doesn't look like the kind of burns that the the other offside this looks like a lot i mean i'd say third degree but it looks i don't know god knows how many degrees can you get but yeah. uh it, it was it was I, I don't know i think that it was ambiguous i, I felt like he might have tricked the crew because yeah i'm not sure like yeah because i mean it was either because they were just sitting there all but you know then you know did they die there or did he go insane kill them put them there and then cook them I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. I'm in a nice, serene little thing. But again, we're probably overthinking it at this point. But you're right. It's like how how did they get in there? How did he get his burns? But he, like I said, he was 
he was definitely where uh, Searle was going, the the psych officer. So uh, Cliff, Cliff Curtis, uh, yeah, I, I think that's where I think that's where he was going to wind up. Um, yeah. he maybe not his... to the point where he cooks the rest of the crew, but he was well on his way to that that thing. Like, and uh, what's funny is if you go, uh, there's the part where the Icarus two. Uh, the captain calls everyone together into the observation room and they're passing Mercury and they're all, they're looking out at Mercury and it's like, it's eerily similar to the crew sitting on the Icarus one. So it, it could be that, you know, come and look, we need to see foomp, or it could have been come yeah. and look and see it's hopeless or so, you don't know what happened before then. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity about how we got to that point. All we know is that Captain Pinbacker is the last survivor and he's a nutbag at this point. So uh, it's interesting. But uh, so overall, having watched it again, where are you now? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a it's a decent watch. It's a decent watch. Yeah, it's a decent. Uh, yeah, it's a, I don't know. Is that a British way of putting it? It's a decent watch. It's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, trying to see if I wrote anything down that might sum it up. Oh, I will say this, though. The tension in the shield scene, you know, where the captain and Killian Murphy's character are, are yeah. repairing the shield. Yep. I'm like, this is the kind of tension that horror film directors, like, beg for. Like, that's a really good scene. Oh, um, yeah. Really good. Um, no, it's it's a good film. It, it's missing something, though. And I don't know what it... I don't think it's up there with Danny Boyle's Beth. I don't think... I think it's... I wouldn't say Mr. Mark, so I'd be being harsh, but I think it, I think it shot for kind of greatness and, and fell short. If you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's still pretty good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, it is. Um, it's I think on, it's, it's on the, the right f- side of average, that's for sure. Oh god, good. Yeah, it's better than anything we've had in the last ten years. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Mark's yeah. like Mark's like Jesus no, God. not uh, big, no. I'll, it's it's it's, it's in the argument. Yeah, I know. You just humour me. Um, no. <laughs> no, it uh, no, it is. It's 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 a good film, and it, it's at least original with what it's trying to do. Um, and I do, I do I do like kind of the the message. I do like the ending. So that that see that that's where we differ a little bit. I, I like the ending and kind of get what they're trying to say with it, or at least I've come up with an explanation in my own head that I like. Maybe that's the part of the film. Maybe you come up with your own your own point of view, whether you think it's God or whether you think it's not, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and I think that's, it's as good a way to, to look at it as any. Um, so yeah, if for some reason out there in, in podcast land, if you have not seen sunshine uh, and you're a science fiction fan or a fan of any of these actors, or you should be fans of all of these actors at this point uh, in your movie going existence, um, definitely check it out. Uh, it's it's well worth your time. There's some parts that'll make you think. There's a couple parts that eh, might veer you. You might think it's going to veer into a horror slasher, space horror slasher movie, uh, but it doesn't really, which is nice. Um, and yeah, it's 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 d- definitely uh, worth the watch. It's a it's a, an hour forty seven. It is rated R because um, there's death and some blood, uh, you know, and the world might end. 
So, you know, that's, that's pretty harsh topic. That's now in the previews or on the ratings thing. Like uh, I don't know now. if you get the same ones we do. The favorite one we laugh every time we see it in our house. It's like, this movie is rated R for thematic elements. It's like, well, I would hope to God there's a fucking thematic element in my movie. <laughs> the, the best is when we, cause we, we get, I was 18 and 15 and 12 and 12. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so an hour would be like an 18, but it's when, it's when you get like, what, what do they call it on our, on our DVDs or on our, it's like for mild peril rated 12 for mild peril, mild peril. Yes. Mild we, we, peril. Yeah, I know. Thank it's God. Mild now peril. Well, it's okay. Well, it's PG 13. You can only have mild peril. Or it's Toy PG. Story oh, 3. Toy Story oh, 3 had that on it for the furnace scene. Mild peril. The toys. Yeah. yeah. Really? Mild yeah. peril. Well, they are just that. toys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Andy was going to be thrown into a furnace. That would have been major peril. Well, the first one where the Sid's are strapping up with rockets and blowing them up and that. Yeah, they're still just, they're just toys, man. It's just mild. It's just toys. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It is not okay at all. Uh, Toy Story should be rated R for thematic elements. For make you cries. That's, especially Toy Story 4. Cried two times. Cried at the beginning and I cried at the end. It's stupid movie. Uh, see, I'm not much of a crier. Uh, I don't cry at those kind of films. Cried at the Untouchables once when I was what? younger. <laughs> oh, give me a good, give me a good sports movie, and I'll, I'll get a little weepy at some point. So uh, yeah. Hoosiers for love of the game. There's a couple spots in there where I'm just like, I need to go get a drink, and I'll just go get a drink. <laughs> there's dust in my eye. Yep. Yeah. So, but definitely, definitely check it out, um, Sean. Thanks for coming on. Welcome to America, by the way. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your visit. Uh, no, t- tell everyone uh, where they can listen to your podcast. Cool. Uh, yeah. No, cheers for having me on. So, yeah, I'm Sean from Review It Yourself. Uh, there's just me. There's no other hosts because people keep saying we, and it's not we. It's just me. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. It's at Yourself Review. We're on Instagram. It's Review it Yourself. Uh, I think it's Podcast 2021 because I screwed up making it. Um, we're on Podchaser all over the place good pods um you can come and defend your favorite bad film you know the film that everyone says is terrible and you say no it's really good um or check yourself into the podcast clinic if you've got any podcast problems um but yeah we, we talk about anything and everything i have guests i have family uh friends there's always something to find always something to find absolutely so, coming out absolutely if there's not if there's nothing to find in a movie, they shouldn't have made it in the first place. Uh, and I've been over at, at uh, Review It Yourself a couple times, uh, and I've had fun. So uh, I will definitely have you back at some point, uh, hopefully at a much more conducive time even than this one, because I know it is but late where you're at. So ah, It's only half 11. You're all right. I, I podcast until 5 in the morning with America once. That was, that that was, was not me. I would not do that to people. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah but uh, thanks for coming on i appreciate it uh uh, and as for me uh if you're listening then you already know where to find the visually stunning movie podcast uh website vsmoviepodcast.com or on twitter at vsmoviepodcast you know the drill if you watch this over on youtube it's visually stunning movie podcast because they wouldn't let me customize it that much Mm. so sadly uh yeah there you go but uh (laughs) thanks again for coming on sean i appreciate it Uh, And until we have you back on or I speak to you again, take it easy. Stay safe over there. And uh, we'll say goodnight to everyone. Goodnight, everyone. Yep. Night out. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.